This is the Health, Hope, and Healing Podcast. If you've ever wondered if there was more to life, if you find yourself yearning for connection, more purpose, more fulfillment, you're in the right place. We believe God dreamed more for you when he dreamed the dream of you. So this is an invitation, an invitation for you to take your next step into all Jesus did for you on the cross, all that's available here and now. So come on, let's step in and maybe it's time to step up. Hi everyone, Dr. Kyrie Gutierrez here, and I thought it was high time that I caught you up on how Robert's recovery is going. So if you haven't heard the podcast, it's episode 29 about my husband's accident. I do encourage you to go back and listen to it. However, with a warning, plenty of people have said that it really made them cry. So that was not my intention. Of course, I was just wanting to share my heart and the experience. So do listen to it, but listen with caution. However, I'm going to recap real quick in case you just need the short version, the Cliff's notes. On August 25th, my husband was changing the oil in our car and the car came off the jacks and he was underneath it. I was the one that found him and I immediately started uh, honestly freaking out and yelling for help. And in the back of my mind, the whole time I was yelling for help, I'm thinking, is my little one hearing this? Because her bedroom is right next to the garage and she was asleep. The neighbors were able to hear me. They came, got the car off of him. EMS showed up very quickly, took him to Baylor Grapevine to the trauma center. After some discussion, there was a lot of drama. (laughs) There was a lot of drama. There was a lot of people involved. It was something you never can really prepare for. And when the dust settled in the hospital, the next morning I was there again. Um, I had gone home. I went to the hospital. I went home that night though, because my daughter was, you know, with a babysitter, our sweet neighbors had volunteered to stay with her. She never woke up the entire night, which was incredible. Um, well, she woke up for a drink of water, but that's pretty normal as in she didn't wake up and realize we were gone. So the next day when I was back at the hospital with Robert, they determined that there was no immediate life endangering threat. And so they discharged him with more than 10 cranial fractures with very little instruction on what to do at home, no instruction on what to watch for other than whatever you'd normally call 911 for. Cause I asked that question, what do I need to be looking for? Just the normal stuff. Well, no one told me at that time that traumatic brain injury, traumatic TBI, traumatic brain injury, they have a five, they're five times more likely to have seizures. I didn't know that. They didn't tell me you can't let him lay flat at that time. They didn't tell me a lot of things. They just said, go home and follow up with your doctors. I can't express to you how hard that was. His pain wasn't in control. I have a four-year-old. Um, it was, it was awful, <laughs> but we're cash pay. And so And that's a whole story in itself. We do Samaritan ministries. So it's a 
and medical sharing plan, but officially we are cash pay and they discharge us. So that happened on a Thursday. We live through the weekend. We are doing okay. We're getting his pain under control. We're doing all the ice. We're doing all the homeopathics that I know, all the natural healing that I know. We are on all the oils. We've got family and friends here to help us. We're just doing the best we can. And the specialists visits begin. And it was very interesting to be in so many different specialist office. In in the end, we visited nine different specialists. <laughs> so I became a waiting room snob because I would kind of rate them as like, wow, this is awful. Or wow, this is, we should do this in our office when we get a waiting room. Right now we don't have one, but we will. So it was, it was interesting. And I say that tongue in cheek that there were some, it wasn't all awful. There were some good times. Robert very much enjoyed being home with Eva Joy. We just didn't have a plan and nobody could give us one. And we couldn't get into the surgeon that we were recommended to. So I was calling other places. We had an ENT, we had a myofascial surgeon, we had an audiologist, we had primary care, we had we had a lot of people, but no one was talking to each other. No one would tell us the overall idea or plan or there there was no one in charge. It was just us. And I don't know if that's an insurance thing or non-insurance thing, but I tell you, even with my medical background, that is really intimidating to just see who you want. Um, we didn't like all of the people we saw. <laughs> it's probably why there's nine of them. And it's not that they were bad people. Some of them had no experience with trauma. So the audiologist that we saw did a bone conduction test on Robert for his hearing loss because he does have some ringing in his ear that has, that has remained. But what you have to understand about fractures is they are very sensitive to vibration. And she put electrodes on his head and shot vibration through his head, through his skull. He had 10 cranial fractures. It just sent him spiraling. And of course, I guess she didn't realize but obviously they had no experience with trauma. So we found another office and, you know, one office would send us to another office to send us to another office. And all of these people saying, wow, this is too much for us. This is not what we do. You need to go somewhere else. And it ended up that we got into the surgeon we originally wanted to get into. And after we had been put off, we're talking about two weeks post-accident, still being put off, still being directed other places. We got a, we had a specialist in Fort Worth who actually texted him and said, the surgeon we wanted in with had said, Hey, this is the case. This is the number. They can't seem to get into you because you're very busy. Can you help him out? And before we drove home from that office, the secretary had called our, our number. I pulled over and answered the phone and she over the phone scheduled us for immediate surgery. And you can imagine that's also a shock because we're two weeks out. No one's doing much of anything. We've had three or four different pain meds. We've had lots of opinions, but no one agreeing with each other. And now the secretary calls and says, no, we have to do this this week. You need surgery this week. That was a lot, but we finally felt someone was listening. And so we that happened 
again, I think it was like a Thursday. And we went in to see the physician's assistant at 7am, maybe even earlier that next Monday, she did all the pre-op workup and he had surgery that, that week, which was great and very necessary when we looked at MRI and CT, well, we looked at CT scans. We didn't have MRIs at that point. When we looked at CT scans, even an untrained eye could see the fractures and the displacement of his facial bones. You could see how they were off and gapped. It was significant. So that surgery, he went in and they put plates in his zygomatic arch. That's the bone right under your eye. There's two plates and three screws in that bone now. And then they took metal arches that kind of like braces and they put them above and below his teeth and drilled them into the bone to hold them in place to keep his jaws from continuing to crumble. I guess the fractures in his, and the roof of his mouth were real significant. And they were, there were so many that they just literally drilled in, um, some stability plates. And then they rubber banded his mouth closed with literally like rubber bands on braces. So the surgery itself was a lot being self-pay is a lot because in a hospital, you have to put a down payment on a surgery like that. And we had to come up with massive amount of cash in three days, which we were able to, it's fine. It worked out. And just a side note, medical sharing plans, you better just know you need the room on your credit card to put, (laughs) you know, $30,000 down as a down payment for a major surgery, but they have in turn helped us pay the interest on the credit card. They have reimbursed us. People all over the country send us checks to reimburse us for Um, for the surgery, for the doctor's office, for the visits, for the specialists, for all the care he's needed. It's amazing. And it happened quickly. So I cannot praise them enough for the work that they did and how they made all this possible. So if we want to do a podcast on that later, we can, because that experience was really good. And the prayers, oh man, people will send you checks in a certain amount that the sharing plan tells you to send. But with a check, they'll send a prayer, a note, an encouragement. Um, We even got a gift card from some people just wanting to love on us. And when you're in that state, having people all over the country lift you up in prayer, there's nothing like it. It's so rich and it's so healing. So after his surgery, he comes, he comes home. He's not allowed to blow his nose for six weeks. He's not allowed to chew anything more than soft noodles, overcooked egg, you know, overcooked noodles, soft eggs, really bland diet, just easy on his mouth. He can't lay flat. He's got all these restrictions and his vision is double all the time, pretty significantly double. So we also start visits with an optic neurologist who are very hard to find. There's not many around and that office is a whole situation. Um, They're very much, how do I say this? Um, They very much believe in the prevention of COVID. So everyone in masks, most people in gloves, a recirculating air system all the time, a massive amount of staff for one doctor. It was just a whole situation. And we were there a couple of times. 
and they would test Robert's eyes to see how much deviation there is, how much of the cranial nerve was not responding where his eye wouldn't move on the left. There was a period of time um, that Robert developed Bell's palsy, which looked very much like a stroke. And we were back at the hospital for that, but it ended up being Bell's palsy. But can you imagine that his bad side is bad, but now his good side is bad. That was again, a whole situation, but only inflammation. And when the inflammation, when we could get it down, that returned quickly, which was great. And then we have just been keeping up with all of these appointments, all of these things through it all. His attitude has been really good. There's been dark moments. There's been some very dark moments, but overall, I can't praise him enough for how he literally walking out his faith of, you know what, God is going to take care of me. And this is the path I have to walk. So in all this, especially in the beginning, when Robert got home, he couldn't walk without a hand on somebody because he was very disoriented with the devil vision. Pain was incredible. The meds make you feel terrible. So we were up a lot every, all through the night. It was like having a newborn because I didn't know, did he need meds? Did he need food? Because he's not getting much food because the calorie count is down because he can't really eat. Or does he need um, to go to the bathroom? You know, what, what does he need? So I was running very sleep deprived for weeks. And it was interesting. And I in no way wanted to make this about me, but the caregiver gives up a lot in the process. And I found my nervous system severely overtaxed. And I remember I had a woman come up to me in the grocery store. I was standing in the store looking for cheese. I don't remember why I was looking at cheese, but I was looking for a certain kind. And she came up next to me and said, excuse me, excuse me, I'm still sleep deprived. Um, She said, excuse me. And I jumped so hard because I didn't see her there. And then I burst into tears in the middle of Kroger. And I realized, you know what? I'm not okay. I'm not okay at all. And I took that to my counselor and I have a therapist that I see. And I'm so grateful that I was in therapy before all this happened. But I went, was able to go straight to her not have to explain the backstory and not have to explain the family dynamics, just be able to start working. And she did some things with me. We did EMDR. We'd already been working through that. She did some brain spotting, which was excruciatingly hard, but really, I think it really got me out of the hole I was in and continuing to heal through that process with her. Super grateful. Everyone should see a therapist. I really think that's true and not all are the same. I've been through several before I found one that I thought was credible and could actually work with me in a way that I needed. But we, um, we were struggling. All of us were now in that process of healing, we were able to find, um, a better primary care that could really take care of us and get us what we needed. When the surgery, when the first surgery was done, the second surgery, we had six or eight weeks. I can't remember now. And then he went back into into surgery and had the metal plates in his mouth removed. And the surgeon, the the physician's assistant in his office released him back to work. And I said, it's not even been 
two months. He has all of this. And she was very interesting. She was adamant that he was released to do whatever he wanted and that keeping him off work would be fraud. And she used that term. And I was honestly really taken back because she was so much in her own lane of this is surgery. He had facial reconstruction within two weeks. He should be back at work. And actually that wasn't after the second surgery. That was after the first surgery, two weeks after facial reconstruction, he should be back in the office. She did not take into account traumatic brain injury and inflammation and the fact that his eyes don't work and all of these other complexities She wasn't worried about that at all. She only could see surgery, reconstruction, structure. He should be good to go. Well, he was not good to go. And when we told the neurologist that we were, they were trying to release him back to work, he literally laughed out loud. And at that point, that first neurology appointment, he had Robert do some things. His balance was way off. He had him try to word recall and he couldn't do it. It's as if Robert had developed a significant case of ADHD and he would just um, forget the word he was trying to say, or he would walk in a room and not know why, or he'd leave milk out on the counter and it's nothing big, but I could see it. And then the neurologist was able to find it. And he said, okay, yeah, no, no work, no work for three months. So we started physical therapy for his lack of balance and they started him on a medication that's actually... excuse me, for Alzheimer's. And it really helps with word recall. And it's been awesome. It wasn't like, you know, the sky opened and the birds sang, but significant difference over time. So we're super grateful for that. And physical therapy was a whole thing because they would work with him with his eyesight specifically, and he'd go in and his eyesight would be fine. And then stop start working with him and his eyes would go double. And they started working on really strengthening his eye muscles and really challenging those vestibular systems so that he could get his balance back. And I can't tell you how good it's been. It's been so good. And some of the things they've had him do, I wouldn't be able to do. They put him on a cushion. They had him stand up on a cushion and then they rapid fired ping pong balls at him and gave him a racket and made him hit them, but they were looking for his blind spots. And I'm not sure I could have done it. (laughs) It was incredible, but he was incredibly faithful. Robert was with his home exercises. Sorry, y'all. I've been up with a baby. She's got asthma and we've been up a lot. So I keep yawning. I must need some water. I apologize for, for yawning. Excuse me. They gave him a lot of exercises. He was incredibly faithful to do them at home. He started walking, um, unassisted. He was doing fine. So he started walking the trails, always had his phone on him so that if anything happened, we could find where he was, or he could call for help. He started walking three or four miles a day. The neurologist ordered an EEG, which is going to be sensitive for your chances of epilepsy. And that was completely clear was so good. They ordered an MRI looking for long-term brain damage. Once the metal plates were out of his mouth, there was nothing on the MRI. It was, it was good. Things are good. Your prayers, y'all's prayers are being answered every day. His vision has gotten so much better that within a week, the prisms that the optic neurologist put on his glasses, they were useless because his eyes had already improved past that point. 
right now, right now, so this is December 15th, he is back at work part-time, but still back at work and doing just fine. Robert is a computer programmer, so it's a whole language in and of itself. It's very meticulous and he's able to do it cognitively, no problem. He's doing really well there. He is driving. His eyesight has improved so much. The blind spots, the blind spots have receded. He is driving and doing just fine with that. He has ringing in his ear, in his right ear, that's pretty significant that we're working on. He has lost a lot of his sense of taste after that second surgery where they took the metal plates out of his mouth, which by the way, they put metal plates in this man's mouth and put 10 bone screws, at least 10. We looked on the receipt. We paid for 12, but I think they only put in 10, whatever. They didn't hit a single root of any tooth in his mouth. How is that even possible? I can't even imagine. I just, people have really long roots of their teeth. They didn't hit any of them. It's amazing. It was just incredible, but he's lost a lot of his sense of taste and the ADHD stuff. And it's not really ADHD. It's just when he's tired or he's had some sinus um, build up here in North Texas, we're battling all the allergens right now, mountain cedar and pollen and ragweed, all the things have been through. So he has some word we call worse on days where the allergens are worse. But overall, he can lay flat. He can actually, the, the physical therapists are working on getting him running again. Robert's a runner. And they're like, there's no reason you can't run again. Let's get you running. So they have him on a treadmill running and making him do mental exercises, like word play exercises while he's running to really tax his brain and it's doing fine. He can sit through a concert with all of that neurological input of the color and the lights and the sound and his eyes never went double. He did just great. He is really making a miraculous recovery and there is not a time that I'm in a doctor's office with him that they do not tell me what a miracle he is. And I really attribute that to so much of the prayer support we've had because y'all have been praying, family, churches, people around the country with Samaritan's ministries have been praying for us and God is answering. And I really believe it's also in part of Robert's faith. He believes this is part of his story and this was supposed to happen and it did. And he's going to trust God, not with his, just his finances, not just with his relationships, not just with his security, but also with his health and his career and moving forward. And to hear that out of his mouth and see him walk it out is absolutely inspiring y'all. It is just, it is just amazing. I could not have, I couldn't have picked a better husband. I couldn't have picked a better father or a better example to lead spiritually in my house than Robert Gutierrez. I'm telling you, he's amazing. And I'm so grateful to be along for the ride. And I am better. All of those really strong PTSD symptoms that my therapist, I really resisted the label of PTSD. I didn't like that put on me but I saw the validity of it, but most of that has receded. I'm sleeping again. Uh, if evil will let me, (laughs) 
um, I'm not as jumpy. My nervous system's calming down and I'm doing much better for myself. I lived on a lot of coffee and chocolate for about three months and your body is not meant for that. And in our family, we have sugar handling problems. My mom's diabetic. My grandmother died of pancreatic cancer. We got sugar problems in our family and I knew that that was not a path I could walk for long. So I am in the middle (laughs) Christmas season. I'm doing a detox and it's going really well and I'm feeling much better and things are going to be really good. So thank you. Thank you for the prayers and the calls and the notes and the thoughts. We feel them. We've needed them. And it has been very humbling for me when someone else is suffering, how I haven't reached out in my own little world. And I, um, I endeavor to do better, much better because of what a difference it made in our life and in our, in our journey here. It also has bled into some new things in the office. Um, and Brady and I are going to talk to y'all about that soon, really soon that after walking through the medical model, the way I have, I just, I can't, do practice the way that we've done it anymore because it's so limited to what we have to offer patients as far as resources and answers for more than what we're doing. We're just really confined the way we've been working and we're about to shake up the office quite a bit. So stay tuned. We're going to talk about that probably within the next week because it's here at January. What a better time to shake things up. So thank you from our entire family. Thank you for your thoughts and your prayers for your support. It really does make a difference. And we are so grateful that our God saw it all. And we were able to walk through it knowing that he was working it for our good. Thank you for listening. We speak health, hope, and healing over you. For more information, visit our website at integratedcnw.com.